The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Come over here. You want to sing it, Waddle? Excuse me? You were singing. You were doing a little humming. I was humming. Singing. playing the, of, uh, the mouth instrument. The mouth instrument. Yeah. All right. Uh, a lot of Sox fans want to weigh in. Chris Getz today officially during the press conference, named vice president and general manager of the White Sox. We talked to Chris Getz earlier today. You can get that interview on demand on the ESPN Chicago app. Also happening today, Jerry Reinsdorf talked to some select media. Uh, Connor was there for ESPN 1000, and he took it in and answered questions. Very rarely does he uh, take uh, questions uh, from the media very rarely does he speak publicly about the White Sox. Many times he has said no through this all. And as Jesse just texted us, um, he just, in the bite you heard, said how frustrated it made. It was disgusting. It was awful. It made him ill. Uh, and yet he's like, Pedro's back and we're going to hire within. Like, <laughs> it's, it is so contradictory to what, what, you should do to the worst season in your 43 years. But yet this is where we are with the White Sox. And this was his explanation as he took questions before the press conference from uh, a select few inside guaranteed rate field. The two things I want to cover first. One is this office is not normally this clean. Cut <laughs> <laughs> between Riper and my assistant, they decided to clean it up. The, the other thing is the gun story. Uh, I spoke to Superintendent uh, uh, Wally last night, and he authorized me to say that uh, regardless of what anybody has said up till now, they have not ruled out that the shots came from outside the ballpark. And, and, and you, you, know, you can call and contact him, and he'll verify that. Um, they're, they're still investigating. Uh, I don't want to get into specific facts while they're investigating, but we've really done a deep dive into this, and I don't see any way in the world that the shots could have come from inside the ballpark, but let's let the police continue with their investigation. Uh, At this point, all the superintendent is prepared to say is that they've not ruled out that they came from outside the ballpark. Okay. you have any questions about that? Um, yeah, you would. Of course. I'll, I'll ask you later. Um, it's, I, I don't want to ask anything about the police investigation. If anyone else does, you know, stuff. Okay. So, let's talk about Chris. All right. Uh, can you... Can you no, I'm going to... Oh, you're going to have a statement? I'll have a statement. It's fine. We didn't talk about that. Okay. Then you can ask a question about Chris. <laughs> I just want to go through what the process was. Um, lo- lo- long before... I even thought that I'd be making a change. I was very well aware of, the, of what Chris was doing in the minor leagues. Because I told a lot of people, for the first time ever since I've been here, we were teaching baseball in the minor leagues the way I wanted it to be taught. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been watching baseball, Major League Baseball since 1946, and I'm absolutely convinced that more games are lost than are won. And I think you guys have been watching long enough to know that that's true. You, know, you don't mind when somebody beats you, but you hate it when you get beat. And, uh, and going back, all the way back to uh, 
to Roland and then Al Goldis. I wanted baseball taught in the minor leagues a certain way, where people understood what they were doing, they understood you know, what's the right thing to do in a certain situation. And nobody ever did it right until Chris came along. And, and this I observed you know, a couple of years ago. I was thrilled with it. Okay, so that's just you know, in, in the background. Then, when I, had, when I finally came to grips with the idea that maybe I had to make a change, I still didn't know that I had to make a change. So I started, I started talking to everybody in the baseball department, uh, or almost everybody uh, in the baseball department, uh, just wanting to know what they were observing. What, 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 you know, what do you think ought to be changed? What, what's good, what's bad? Uh, and Chris was one of the people that I talked to. I talked to him at great length. I talked to a number of other people in the baseball department. Okay, so that, then I started getting convinced that I had to make a change, and the change killed me because it, it wouldn't have been any harder for me to fire my son Michael than it was to fire Kenny because Kenny was my son, is still my son. And one of the last things his father said to Kenny when he, when he was on his deathbed was, well, you have a second father. So th th this, was, this really killed me to do it. But it became obvious that it had, you know, that, that it had to be done. So when, when I came to the conclusion that we had to make a change, I started thinking about who's out there. You know, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't make a change unless you know that you're going to be able to do something that you're going to improve. So I pretty much know who all the potential candidates were out there. And there's, and there's some good guys out there. There's no question. There's some good guys who can be general managers and have been general managers that are going to be general managers maybe this, this next year. And so my, 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 my first feeling was, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll interview an internal candidate and then, I'll, then I'm going to ask permission to talk to all of these other guys. But that moved me to the thought that what is it that I owe to fans? And I think what I, one of the things that I owe to fans is to get better as fast as we can possibly get better. The speed is of the essence. I, I don't want this to be a long-term proposition. And in the meantime, I don't know how many conversations I had with Chris, and it, 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 it became clear to me that he would be one of the major candidates along with these outside candidates. And then when I started thinking about the speed that I owe to fans, I realized that if you bring in somebody from the outside, it's going to take him a year. He's going to have to evaluate everybody in the organization. I, I could bring Branch Rickey in if he was available, uh, and, and he'd have to evaluate everybody. So you'll you lose you lose a year. And, and here I had somebody inside who was very very competitive, and, and it might even have been the guy that I would select if I had talked to all these other guys. And so the thought, you know, so I came then to the conclusion that if I've got a guy inside who can do the job, why not? Why not do it inside and save a year? And that's that's basically how I got to Chris. Now go ahead and ask me whatever you want to ask me, and I'll, and I'll answer whatever I feel like. Do you uh, plan on hiring a uh, baseball, a former baseball executive to work with Chris? You and Chris collaborate on uh, that type of uh, hiring if indeed it is? So that would be Chris's call. I'm, I'm not planning on bringing anybody in. If Chris decides he wants to bring somebody in, that's his call. As you thought about the process, did you ever think about, I mean, maybe there was some value in talking to outside people just to get a fresh perspective from the outside on the organization? Oh, I've 
talked to some people outside, not as candidates, but I've talked to some people outside about what they thought of our organization. And that was part of one of the reasons why we made a change. Jerry, why uh, August 22nd? Why that date in particular for Rick and Kenny? And, and how? What, what was the feeling on why that change had to happen? You, you said it in the press release, but now that we're talking to you, what was the feeling on why that had well, to happen? First of all, I wanted to give Chris as much time to get started. I mean, we, we, we've got you know, end of season going to come up. Free agency is going to become an issue. We've got the general managers meetings, we've got the winter meetings. I wanted to give him as much time as possible. And the, uh, the second reason was I wanted to give Rick Hahn as much time as possible to get on somebody else's radar r- rather, than, rather than wait till the end of the year. But, but the number one reason was why not give Chris as much time as possible? How would you describe this 2023 season? 2023 season was my 43rd season of baseball. It was absolutely the worst season I've ever been through. It was a nightmare. It's still a nightmare. It's embarrassing. It's disgusting. All the bad words you can think of is the way I feel about the 2023 season. Absolutely, it was just just awful. Why do you think it went this way? Well, it's hard to say, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but in the beginning of the year, we had a lot of injuries. We we had a lot of injuries. And, And we also, you know, we were, if you go back game by game, we were one hit away from maybe winning another dozen games. Uh, so it wasn't that, we, we really, it wasn't that bad, but somewhere along the way, it just spiraled out of control. Uh, some of it was, some of it was the, uh, uh, the clubhouse, and I, and I think that we've corrected that. Um, and so, some of it, was, some of it was, was bad luck, some of it was just people not playing up to, to their potential. But it, it, it was a nightmare, this, this season was absolutely uh, a nightmare. I know the uh, manager doesn't deserve as much credit as he gets when they're winning or as much blame when they're losing. But with that said, and this is for you and Chris, I mean, will Pedro be back next year? Is that still being evaluated? or Chris's call. That'll be Chris's call. When you get a chance to talk to him, you can ask him that question. Okay. What are your expectations in terms of how quickly it can go from a nightmare that you've had this year to what you want it to be? Well, I, I don't want to make predictions, but in this division, and with the core of talent that we have, I would hope and I expect that it'll get the next year will be a lot better than this year. But you know how much better? I don't know. But you, you look look at the core on this team, and 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 if, and if we can get them all on the field, and you know, and one one of the things that we're we're doing this year, it's a little different. You know, every year we send players home with a, with a plan. This is what you got to do. What we're going to add this year is we're going to police these plans. We're going to make sure that the players are following their plans. So when they come to spring training, they're, they're, they're ready. We're not going to take their word that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So you know, given the division and given that we have a, a really good core of players, I would expect next year will be better. Are you going to be committed to uh, spending what it needs to be spent for pitching that you don't have in the organization? Well, you know, we already spent a lot, we spent a lot of money this year. People talk about why won't the White Sox spend? They think we had a payroll of 185 million dollars this year. So uh, you know we'll, we'll, we will we'll do what Chris thinks that we ought to do that that will make us better. I mean, look, we're not going to be in the Otani race. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. But uh, and, and we're not going you know and, and we're not going to sign pitchers to 10-year deals. But we're going to try to get better, and that means. Trades it potentially means free agents. It means playing, you know, smarter baseball. It means a lot of things. So we're going. We're, 
you know, I don't have a lot of time left. I, I don't want to. I don't want to go through a long rebuild. I, I only expect to be here another ten years, and I want to. You said that ten years ago. I know. <laughs> it's so, a, so there's no rebuild. I mean, this is hmm? kind of. There's no rebuild. This is you're I, just gonna I, try I, to what, add. Well, you know, everybody talks about when you build a building, the foundation comes first. We got a foundation here, so we're not going to take the guys that we have now and just clean out and start over again. We're definitely not going to do that. You felt the need to make a change. Folks from the outside see that Chris has been here the last seven years. What about him makes this a change from from the guys who were previously in his in his spot? Well, he. Well, it, he has his own ideas about what you know what needs to what needs to be done. Uh, Chris has been responsible for the minor leagues. He hasn't been responsible for the major leagues. And and and, and by the way, his job involved involved taking players who were handed to him and making them better. He had no responsibility in acquiring the players that he had to work with. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's been kind of quiet. But we made we made a change in the scouting director a few years ago because we felt. That we weren't, you know, we weren't through the draft. We weren't getting the players that we wanted to get. We made a change a few years ago. Those players that have been coming in under this new scouting director are an awful lot better than we'd seen in the in the past. But but they're at lo- they're at, that most of them are at lower levels. Although I think we have some we have some pretty good stuff at you know at, at, at the upper levels that are not that far away. But you know, I, I you know I heard on some telecast or podcast or something that I inadvertently watched. That the, the White Sox farm system wasn't ra- highly rated. First of all, we have produced a lot of players to the big leagues that came through the farm system. I mean, so that's one way that you that, you know you evaluate a farm system is is it has it been producing has it been producing players and it has. But but the quality of players that have come in in the last few years are pretty darn good. And uh, you know, so I I think the, the future looks good. What is it about the way you mentioned that you like what you've seen in the farm system, the way that things are being done? What are some of those things that that you that you like or are impressed? Well, by? what I like is players are being taught how to play baseball, how to play how to play baseball. You know, one of my favorite players over the, you know, over the last ten or twenty years was David Eckstein. David Eckstein couldn't run. He couldn't hit, he couldn't throw, he couldn't field. There's only one thing that he ever did, and that was beat you. And that's what we're trying to develop in the, in the minor leagues. And I, and I stole that from Brad Tricky. He said that about Eddie Stanky. But, that, but, 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 but that's, that, that's what we're looking for. Players who, who don't beat themselves, who don't beat themselves, who get the most out of their ability and let the other team beat themselves. And what, what Chris has been doing over the last seven years in the minor leagues is educating players as to what to do. What do you do? You know, when you're when you're out there in the field at third base, what 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 should be going through your mind? What am I going to do if the ball sit to me? What am I going to do if the ball sit to my left? What am I going to do if the ball sit to my right? What's, what am I going to do if the ball if it sit directly to me? When you watch baseball games, you see very few players you can tell are, are doing that, that they're thinking about that. Well, he's been teaching that kind of stuff. He's been teaching uh, uh, players who are on first base to be looking at the outfielders and seeing where they're playing, to know what their arms are. That, that's the type of thing, to play smart. It's good to see uh, Tony's healthy, obviously. Um, what is his involvement, if any, in the organization right now? It's, 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 
I'm glad you brought up Tony LaRusso. I am so sick and tired of reading that bringing Tony LaRusso back was a mistake. Tony LaRusso came back in 2021. Does anybody know what we did in 2021? Does anybody remember we won 93 games? We won the, the division by 13 games? Well, was that a mistake to bring Tony LaRusso back? Last year he was sick. The man had a heart problem, he had cancer. I mean, you didn't see the Tony LaRusso last year that we saw before that. Remember, this guy has won as a manager more games than any other manager in the history of baseball who had an over 500 record. Connie Mack had won more games, but he also lost more games than anybody. And he was the owner of the team. He was like me. He couldn't be fired. But So, so, so I, I, I reject the idea that it was a mistake to bring Tony LaRusso back. We won a division with Tony LaRusso. Now, with respect to this involvement, Tony had nothing to do with the decision to fire Rick or Kenny. Not once did he ever say to me, you ought to get rid of these guys. Now, I did ask him, as I asked a lot of other people, give me some names. You know, give me some names as I was, as I was building my, my list. But Tony wasn't, he, he, the, the only way Tony found out that Chris was going to be the manager was I told him. He was not, he was not involved in the process. Now, going forward, Tony has, will not have any decision-making authority in the organization. But he's a tremendous asset. He's a tremendous asset. So if Chris wants to talk to him or Pedro wants to talk to him, they can talk to him. If they don't want to talk to him, they don't have to talk to him. To him. They, or, or, or if they do talk to him and he makes a suggestion, they can follow it or they cannot follow it, whatever they want. But it would be stupid not to have this man available to Pedro and to, and to Chris if he's willing to be available, and he is. You've always said don't make a tough decision unless you really have to mm -hmm. and think it out. At what point uh, did you get to that uh, thinking on Kenny and Rick and was it a collective? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by collective. collective. In other words, did you lose confidence in both at the same point? Well, I, I made the decision a couple of days before we announced it, but I, but I spent a month thinking about it and talking to people inside and outside the organization. And I considered, very, I considered you know, a variety of alternatives. And, you know, one alternative was to do nothing. Another was, was to keep Kenny and let Rick go. Another was to keep Rick and let Kenny go. And another was to let them both go. And I came to the conclusion that it would be better to let, you know, to let them both go and have, and have a fresh start. Was the dual decision-making process a problem there? I mean, they seemed to work decently together, but was that a problem that you saw in the Well, I think they worked decently together. I, I believe, and I did believe, I still believe, that if I had kept them in place, that they had the capability to rebuild the organization. But one of the things that a number of people told me was that you may believe that, but the record's the record. And, you got, and, and, and I was urged to make a decision by quite a number of people just based on the record. I, I still think they could have brought it back, but all right, the record's the record, and the best thing to do is to, 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 you know, to, to start fresh. Although it's not a complete fresh, because we still have an awful lot of people that are here that I expect that you know, Chris will keep and some that he will not keep. Do more uh, resources need to be devoted to farm system and player development and scouting and all the things that are available now to, to minor league operations. You I don't think that. there's anything, any resources that are not available to them. Chris, Chris may 
No, Chris has had sole responsibility for who works in the minor leagues. So it'll be up to him if he wants to tinker with it. Uh, you know, I, I think one thing we, we should be doing, though, is, you know, there were a lot of scouts that were let go over the last few years by organizations that are analytics-driven. And we ought to take a look and see if there's, if there's some gems out there that we could add to our scouting staff. Uh, since, uh, if I can switch gears for a minute, there was an article that came out recently about the future of this ballpark, about whether or not you guys will stay beyond, that, beyond the lease. Uh, can you add anything about what your perspective is? I know there's still another six years or something well, left on it. First of all, somebody at Cranes decided that he wanted to write that the White that you're looking at the Bears with the White Sox lease, you know, has six or seven years left to go, and the White Sox have some options, and they might move out of the city, they might move out of town, they might go to Nashville. That wasn't us. That was a guy at Cranes. Now, ever since the article came out, well, I've been reading about that. I've been threatening to move the team to Nashville. I mean, that, that, that article didn't come from me, but it's obvious if we have six years left, I think that's what it is. We got to decide. Are we, you know, what's what's the future going to be? And you know, we'll, we'll 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 get to it. But I've never I've never threatened to move out. We we haven't even begun to have uh, discussions with the sports authority, which we'll have to do soon. You've uh you you said forty three years in baseball. I think you just yeah. said so. You've seen good, middle, and bad during that time. Yeah. What is your reaction to some of the fan reaction to you and the team this year? Well, if I were a fan, I'd be pissed. I'd be very angry. Uh, but, but at the same time, this is the first really, really bad year. We won a division in, in 21. We were 500 last year. That's nobody's goal to be 500, but but that that's still average. This is the first disaster. This is the first real disaster. Uh, but if I were a fan, I, I would not be happy. I have a hard time watching these games. There are some nights. There are some nights when I, I don't even watch the game. I record it, and then if we win, I watch it. I mean, so, because I think, first and foremost, I'm a fan. I didn't get into this game to make money. I got into it because I love baseball. It was in my blood. You know, I remember, I've been, as I said, I've been watching baseball since 1946. I was at Field when Jackie Robinson played his first game for the Dodgers. And no, this is a lousy, horrible year, and the fans have a right to be upset. But hopefully, they'll give us, they'll give us some time. And, 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 we, and, you know, I think we'll make it better. What do you think? Will he make it better, Sox fans? 312-332-3776. Do you feel better or worse after hearing that? 332-3776. All your phone calls coming up. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. All right, so we've played you Jerry Reinsdorf. We had Chris Getz on the show, and we had his press conference. All of it can be heard on the ESPN Chicago app. Still looking for a ballistics expert. And Waddle wants a ballistics expert. And the uh, the whole, uh, you heard Jerry in the beginning there say that uh, they have not ruled out that the uh, the gunshots came from outside the uh I just want to know now. if a ballistics expert in the city of Chicago could add a little clarity to that stadium and explain to us how that would possibly work. 
We're almost a week uh, out now. It happened last Friday. Uh, a, a week ago, it was like, oh, it could have been that the uh, the gun fire came from outside the ballpark. Then a few days later, it was like we've the the chief of police said basically we've ruled out that any gunfire came from outside. We've ruled all that out almost completely. And now Jerry has said that that same person has said they have not ruled that out and that it probably did come from outside the ballpark. So and and ABC seven is working on this. Yes. I need Chuck Gowdy in here. Stat. Okay. Um, He's a ballistics expert. We've had. No, he's not a ballistics expert. He's an investigative expert. Um, There's been some. Some contradiction as well, because Jerry also talked about how it was a great move to have Tony here and they won 93 games in the division. But then the new guy that he just hired to run the entire thing spent several opportunities telling us that winning that division is like pushing an old person down the steps. It's easy to do. There's no resistance. It's the AL Central. Of course. Of course. Well, look, if you really want to go back and analyze good uh, managerial performances, Rick Renneria... Uh, should maybe not should not have been fired. Like really, what have you what what have you done by firing Ricky? Ricky actually was it was a good communicator, and they won with him in twenty twenty. Why'd you need to fire him? By the way, Tyler, Charlie, we've heard numerous references to Branch Ricky today by uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. Can you guys guess when Branch Ricky was born? Okay, don't Google so. it, Charlie. Don't Google it. No cheating. I, I, yeah, I, I started typing and I was like, you know what? This is a trivia question. I'm not going to Google it. So I know he signed Jackie Robinson. Yes. So that was in what, the 50s, 40s? Tell me, mister. So I'll go. Branch Rickey was born in 1903. Okay. Charlie? That wouldn't make him, if he was still around today, 120? Yes. Branch Ricky sounds like the name of a bourbon Carmen would try to get me to try. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that aged Branch Ricky, so good. I'll say 1895. You guys are both uh, shooting uh, way too high, would it be? Or He was born in 1881, and he has been uh, referenced uh, numerous times today by Jerry Reinsdorf. He has been dead for the last, I believe it's 65 years. Is that what it is? He he, he died in 1965. Yeah, I didn't do the math. So, but what, I know what, it's what's a long the math on that? Uh, long, long, long time 55 ago. Fifty-eight years. Long time 58 ago. years. Mm-hmm. Officially 58, a long time ago. He's been dead for 58 years. He was born in 1881, and he was referenced today by the owner of the Chicago White Sox numerous times. I get that he is a famous general manager from baseball when there were just a few teams around, but it, it, it's quite comical. Well, he was, he was talking to Bruce, and Bruce, you know, <laughs> love you, Bruce. Bruce covered uh, yeah. Branch. Yeah, there you, that's the point. <laughs> Bruce and I share a birthday. I hope Bruce is doing well. February 20th. That is correct. Um, hey, Bruce and Charles Barkley. Yes. That Can you is imagine a, that, that, that the group of us celebrating together for our birthday? Yes, that would be a good... Uh, that, I would like to join that threesome to make it a foursome. Not, not in that way. Not in that. Yeah, I'm just talking about like in a uh, dinner setting. I stayed away from using that term in, in, in because a, in a dinner setting. Why, why can't I use the term you threesome? Can use, you can in a use the term sexual 
Oh, God, I hope it was non-sexual because we're talking about me, Bruce Levine, and Charles Barkley. Jesus. Mary and Joseph. FMK. Those three. Go. I'm not playing that game. Tyler, go. I'll set this one out. This seems like a Charlie task. Yeah. I'll pass on this one. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Lorenzo on the southwest side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. Looking for six. So, so yeah, I here, I think, is um, it's a total farce. First, it starts off with, with guests wearing Royals colors. Um, you know, the uh, the gray and blue there. I thought the same thing, Lorenzo. Like, the, my first thought, maybe it's because I'm a meatball. I was like, well, he's not, I mean, not that you would wear, but there was, like, no White Sox representation on his outfit. Like, I'm right, not suggesting. Exactly. Yeah. And then he goes in and he talks about historic White Sox tradition. You're not even wearing White Sox colors, bro. And then. Again, I admit, like, Lorenzo, that, that for me, I even felt like a meatball by thinking that. <laughs> but, like. I don't know. I'm so, uh, you know, my head's about so to like pop when, off. So, like, when you see Ryan Paul's in the orange tie, that does something for you? Kevin Warren wears an orange mm. tie every time he meets the media. But this guy here, what has he done? He said he ran the farm system. He said he, the farm system's because of him. I thought it was because of the trades that Han and Kenny made, and that's why you had the talent there. But what did you develop? And then Nothing. he talked about how, um, you know, he knows the team. And if you know the team... Then why do you got to sit down and talk to him and you have to address what's going on with the team if you know the team? And then his first move as GM officially is to retain Pedro? Are you freaking kidding me? Right. What, hit, what has Pedro done to show that we should keep him another year because what, 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 is in, what is insanity, fellas? Right, doing the doing same s- things yeah. over right. and over. So, how does he, so, what, so, so what gets Pedro fired if he loses over 95 games this year? Maybe, maybe then we, well, we can't keep you. But Pedro comes in, he was looking for someone to lead the team. He's arbitrarily the leader of our team as manager as soon as he's hired. But he's looking for somebody else to lead. What is that? How do we keep Pedro? How do we get better player development? Because Getz hasn't done it. What did he do with Vaughn? What did he do with Crochet? I mean, I know Crochet had a Tommy John, but how did he develop these guys? Yeah, no, but nobody's stole. developed. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And for Jerry to say, like, for the first time, I like uh, all these years, first time I, I liked a guy who's actually teaching baseball. You couldn't tell on the major league level when they've gotten promoted, and he was just raving like, "Well, we've had guys down in the minor league system who've been promoted. They don't play baseball the right way, like he wants David Eckstein, like he cited." There's one of the least fundamentally sound teams I've seen in recent history. And they were under Tony, and they have been under Pedro. Why keep them? If if they're a reflection, the culture is bad inside that clubhouse. They don't play that way on the field for him. Uh, They haven't been taught down there. When is it going to reflect that way on the major league level? It sure doesn't look like they're being taught that. Look at how many guys we have uh, from Frankfurt on the lines. Do you see? I, I, We're big in Frankfurt. Uh, yeah. Do you want another Frankfurt caller? Sure. Why not? Bob in Frankfurt. You're like the third Frankfurt caller today. I know it's Frankfurt Day today. Frankfurt. So, yeah. Frankfurt day. I appreciate it. I, I think you know. First of all, Reinsdorf was shoveling a bunch of garbage. I mean, he talked about the fact that he likes the core, but then Getz talks about that everybody. He's untouchable. Is, 
is untouchable. So those two guys aren't on the same page right away. Who's your core? He talks about the he talks about the forty years in the farm system. So uh, I've been a lifelong Sox fan. Why did he let this go on for forty years before Getz got involved in the farm system to change things? That just tells you how out of touch he is. And then when he said it's the first really bad year that we've had, anytime you don't make the playoffs is a bad year. I mean, again, I think what he's trying to tell Sox fans is come to the park. We're going to be competitive because we're in the Central Division, but we're not going to make a lot of changes. It's just the same thing over and over again. And I want to be one of those meatball fans that, you know, talks about not giving money to the owner. But last year I went to probably 12 to 14 games. This year I went to two because, you know what, I do not want to give – any more of my money to a team that doesn't want to look to the future. And when he talked about the fact that, you know, we want to do this right away, he's not looking to build long-term success like the Blackhawks did, like the Cubs did, like the Bears are looking to do. He wants a quick fix to get as much money as he can from the fans so that when he gets to the point when he's got to sell the team, he can sell the team off. It's just ridiculous. I'm going to repeat something we've said a bunch. Thanks for the call, Bob. I am never going to be an advocate to tell you to stay away from a stadium because you've worked hard for your money. You may have several children that love the sport of baseball. They may like the experience at Guaranteed Rate Field. I understand you're you're frustrated. And if if you choose not to go to express your frustration, I'd never criticize you. But I also would never criticize somebody who says they're frustrated but still takes their family of four or five to the game. Because how you use your discretionary income and how you guys have a great time as a family is totally up to you. And I'm not going to hold you responsible for the ownership and the team's failure to meet expectations. They should be able to change without that. Yes. Yeah. He, he's made some really good points, too, about what, what, what Jerry said. Uh, Aaron, and, and look at this, in Frankfurt. Hey, it's Frankfurt. <laughs> are you pulling our leg or are you really in Frankfurt? I am in Frankfurt right now on a roof doing some chimney work. So I thought I'd wait a minute. Wait, wait, be you're careful on, up there. You're you're calling us from on a roof. Yes, sir. You're working. This, uh, you know, AirPods. Yeah, right. Why not? Is this dangerous? Are we, t- we tuck pointing no. today, Aaron? Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit of tuck pointing. We're doing a little tuck pointing. A little bit of crown washing on the, on the chimney. It's all good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel. Re- I don't Very want anything to happen. He's just talking Listen. into his AirPods right now. I know. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to distract him, though. I could be. Si- I don't could be say anything stupid right now instead. But I'd rather talk to you guys. See. All right. All right. Well, chose us over his fiance. <laughs> that listen. That ain't getting you what you think it's getting you, Aaron. So we could talk White Sox baseball, but the other stuff's for you and your fiance. Oh no! I said Beyonce, like the singer. I could oh, listen to her. I thought you said your fiance. I, you <laughs> I thought you said I could be talking to my fiance. Not Beyonce. (laughs) Yeah, anyways. Is um, Beyonce your fiance? I I wish. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that on the air. All right, go ahead. Um, So, first off, I just got to say, I think Jerry, we're we're just not giving him enough credit. This guy should be teaching a master class. But I think the master class should be kind of how to alienate fans and how to lose influence with a fan base. Cause I think he's shown us with two different franchises. Now his ability to just turn it on a dime and turn momentum into just utter frustration, uh, both with the bulls and now with the white Sox. So 
I don't know what you think about that, but I think, you know, he could probably make some money doing that. <laughs> I think he's making more money doing this, but I get your point. Stay and it's safe a good up one. there, yeah. Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, go to, we appreciate you. Thank you. I thought he said he was going to talk. He could talk. I could talk to my fiance, but I'd rather talk to you guys. He had a weird connection, and you're getting old, too. You should get your own question. Well, that's three, for sure. Three, that's three, the most sane and accurate thing you've said today. 312-332-3776. More of your White Sox phone calls. And I, this made me appreciate something today. Listening to the White Sox today made me appreciate something in this town. I will tell you what that is coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. I'm going to write this uh, for my column in Shaw Media. Uh, it just made me appreciate today even more. And there are flaws. Don't get me wrong. Like, I could go over. With I heard Tyler talk about it. Your, uh, oh, with my column, for oh. sure. I mean, that goes without saying. You didn't have to bring it up. Because it goes without saying. Um, but, yes. I heard t- Tyler was talking about it. We've talked about it as a group. Like We don't know what Chase Claypool is going to be. Nate Davis, I-, I don't know about the signing. Um, there's things. Valus Jones's draft. Valus Jones's draft pick. I, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of do know, actually. I, I don't think he's going to be anything, even though they keep giving him chances. But listening to the White Sox and how they're going to stay the course and not bring in anyone from the outside, I'm as confident as ever with Kevin Warren and, and Ryan Poles and the substance that Ryan Poles has. That they're going to continue to get better. Mistakes are always going to be made by a general manager. Show me a general manager, and I'll show you a guy who's made mistakes. I mean, what did Theo was famous for suggesting? 60-65% hit rate is pretty pretty damn good. Look at his first couple managers. He didn't hit on his managers. Who is the third baseman he traded for uh, from the Rockies, uh, Tyler? and uh, Ian Stewart. Ian right. Stewart. Do that. And and he, he traded a guy who ended up winning a batting title to the Colorado Rockies. Like, there were... There was, DJ LeMayhew? LeMayhew. He, he met very good Waddle. He had some misses, especially early. Then the free agent misses. We know about those. But what did he do in the big picture? He won. Yes. And, and I think Ryan Poles is going to win. I just think the way the organization is being run, the owner's on the outside, he's enabling guys from outside this organization and empowered them. It's exactly the opposite of what the White Sox are doing. Yes. And I love it. Um, let's see. Let me get to Jeffrey. I promised Jeffrey and Palatine we'd get to him. Jeffrey, what's on your mind? Sylvie, I have seen tweets from you and several other Cubs fans saying that you feel sorry for us. And I understand why you're saying that. I know your heart's in the right place. That said, I have a message for you and all the Cub fans out there listening. Don't feel sorry for us because when you start feeling sorry for your crosstown rival, that's a sure indicator that things have gone way south to the point where your rival, if you want to call it that, is bordering in terms of irrelevancy. And you know it's going to be a long time before the team is relevant again because usually when Cubs fans and Sox fans are going back for each other, they're usually looking for something to uh, bash the other 
team with when Cubs fans are struggling to find something. There are some still some fans out there who are bashing the team for some things. I mean, it, it just, it's just like there's no fun in it anymore. And, you know, when, when you're feeling sorry for us, it's just a sign of just how bad things have gotten and that well, there's no hope for the future. You don't need me to give you a sign that things have gone bad. Things have gone bad for you guys. Um, but, but okay, I'll take it into consideration. But, look, I, 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 I never been a guy who has ripped White Sox fans or, or the rivalry. At least when the microphones are on. That's a joke. It was just a joke. Come on. This uh, portion of Waddle and Sylvie brought to you by Steinhoffels. Shout out to them. The brand new Harwood Heights store open today. Go check them out. They are absolutely awesome. Andrew Steinhoffel, one of their owners. BC guy. They're, they're employee owned. It's, it's family run. BC guy. Yeah. He went to college with uh, Ryan Poles. Brilliant guy. Brilliant. All right, uh, Bears uh, Weekly coming up next with Thayer and Joniak and Jim Miller. It's going to be fantastic as always. Thank you to Charlie. Thank you to Tyler. Thank you to Chris Getz for joining us today. And Tyson Bajent for Waddle. I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Thursday night.